What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Cousin Cecil Show. I am your host, Cousin Cecil, a.k.a. Mike Fowler. Uh, obviously, it's been a minute, of course. It's kind of been kind of more of the new norm right now. Uh, I apologize for anybody who's been really looking for a weekly podcast at the moment. It just also uh, just been it's in my hands, but also out of my hands in the feelings of how uh feeling about uh recording lately uh also i've been you know past you know i was gonna do a joke and say i was helping remove paper trails for hideo kojima and him and the former prime japan prime minister but that's that's here nor there i was it's obviously a joke and obviously has come to attention obviously it's pretty that's a pretty crazy story i kind of walked back into this week on about Hideo Kojima was uh, mistakenly the cult or was mistakenly accused as the culprit of assassinating an ex Japan prime minister. But nonetheless, that was squashed. Obviously, it could have been really bad, but it was nipped in the bud real, real quick. And hey, good thing nobody got hurt beside past the assassination. But uh, yeah, uh, this week's gonna be a little special. I also have a uh, a video game developer interview that is going to be uh, plugged in into this uh, episode. So uh, while you know, you know, if you were thinking like, "Hey, what is Mike doing when he's not uh, recording? He's been ducking and dodging doing this." I've been still thinking about what to do for the brand, and I've been, you know, hopefully you guys will like it. And uh, we'll get into it later down the road before I introduce that part of it. But uh, what have I been playing? Uh, what I've been playing uh, is, uh, well, we'll get into more because uh, it's actually I finished it. I uh, I got Alan Wake, the remaster, on uh, like a deal, you know, on PlayStation. And I've been doing, I picked it up because of, honestly, the hype, not hype, the the community around that game has been really into, like, oh, this is a really good game. Uh, and, like, they're so happy that, like, c- Control, obviously, Alan Wake is made by Remedy and all that fun jazz and produce, uh, I want to say it was, uh, I think it was originally Xbox, uh, gave them the green light. And then Epic Games owns Alan Wake, and then they obviously they're the ones that said, "Yeah, let's do this remaster." But Remedy was the original people that made it, and uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, I wasn't that big of a fan of it. I think it was kind of mid at best, and if honestly, if there was a reason like anybody was trying to like, like there's a Everyone acts like, man, I can't believe they didn't make Alan Wake 2 or something, which they are now. But I think it's, I don't know how that first game got a cult following as bad as it is. It, But I will say, for how much I was like, ooh, it's a little rough. Something was driving me to want to get to the finish line compared to... uh. Uh, another game I was playing or continuing playing, obviously we've talked about is Horizon Forbidden West. That game is very overwhelming, and I I can't 
I can't get myself to finish it. I am going to finish it, but it's just been a, it feels, that feels like a real chore compared to any other game I've been playing as of late. I hope to, you know, power through it, maybe do these little bits and pieces I've been doing. I almost kind of have been mainlining it. I have recently obtained for the Gaia software that's in the game. I have collected Poseidon, and I went back and tried to figure out what to do next because I was trying to mainline it. And then maybe after getting the mainline, maybe I'll go back and pick up some side missions after collecting maybe enough uh, weapons or maybe figuring out what are the best of the best weapons so I'd feel not so overwhelmed with all the variety there is. I kind of just want to get the best of the best and then try to feel like, all right, I'm going to master these weapons. Uh, And then also more, just wanted more touch base because it's been a minute. Uh, The PlayStation... Plus, new tiers have started, and right now, as I am, I upgrade up to the premium, which is the highest amount. And I will say, I feel very fine with my purchase at this moment in time for what they are giving me. But I will say, I'm going to keep my eye on it. I could see myself go down to the middle tier one, the extra, and just have the PS4 downloadable games and feel fine. It matters on how much more PS1, PSP, and PS2 classics go under that umbrella to make me go like, all right, I'll keep it going. Because I did, I will say this, I have not ever played this game, so I started on there. Oh, I've started actually two of them, but I've never played Siphon Filter. I started that. I've kind of backtracked on that because of uh, I have some issues with the uh, the save and load of like the the weird mem like cloud saving if you're not using the proper memory card esque style of the old school actually playing in the in game. I had a bit of a hiccup with uh, doing a quick load, and it kind of took me backwards and I didn't have no save for the where I the progress I've done. And the other one was is an RPG that they have is uh is the original Wild Arms. I've never played it and I uh I will be more f- honest with it. I have a walkthrough guide in it because honestly, I don't got time to like play a classic RPG and like try to do the exploration to myself, but I will say uh, this walkthrough I'm using is very uh, vague, so it's kind of is more just saying, "Hey, go southeast, go south, you know, northwest or some shit, you know." In the uh, in this area, you might be able to find these healing items or blah blah blah. I think it's kind of neat this having three protagonists, and you get to shuffle through them, and like it's a it's a very interesting story at the right off the get-go with the prologue I just finished all three characters prologues and I'm having to I have to uh, ch- keep changing through the three characters to get them to the same city at this moment in time I'm assuming they're once again to the city they're gonna join a party and then obviously I don't have to do this shuffling again unless I want to like change like maybe I wanted to play as instead of Rudy I play as a I want to say his name's Jack, but 
Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, and then I've been able to uh, get to go to the movies. And we're going to do a quick three movies. One of them is more of the big deep dive. And I, it's going to be the most recent release. But I feel it has the most connected to the Cousin Cecil show to talk about like that. Uh, one, I will say I got to watch Jurassic World uh, Dominion. And I want to say that is, the reviews are correct. It's probably the weakest Jurassic World, Jurassic Park of the series, franchise, I guess, the correct words. Uh, I thought the internet was joking, but uh, Owen or Chris Pratt's character definitely raises his hand in front of every dinosaur he gets in front of, and it's just very funny and awkward at the same time. And honestly, the real shiny moment of it that I think it would have been kind of interesting and we could have maybe got two movies and I think they'd be more more strong compared to this one trying to mash it into one another. But I think we could have had a Jurassic World movie of just the OG characters of Grant and Al, uh, Alan Grant. Uh, I forgot the lady's name. Uh, Meg, uh, Dr. Sutton. And I was the... Uh, Dr. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's character because their their story was very interesting in a non dinosaur part of the story we're like hey what are another things that are in the in the world of the prehistoric age obviously giant locusts or bugs and what could affect the world and their their little subplot of the story was way more interesting than the Owen and uh, Blue part of the story. Basically, the reviews are pretty correct. Uh, it's a very mid 7, seven out of 10 style of a movie. And then another one was uh, The Rise of Gru, <laughs> Minions. And I will definitely say that is definitely a 6 out of 10. And the, the reviews are still correct on that, where uh, that movie is very, uh, there's some really high moments of laughter. And then the story is irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. It just seems you had better luck uh, advertising this as, hey, there's a new Minions movie, but it's just going to be four different short movies inside one another. Like, And I think it still sell really well. But again, that's just more where I've been. And now uh, I got to see Thor Love and Thunder. And I will... I will try my best to do a spoiler-free-esque uh, review. Maybe I'll start at the beginning of it with a spoiler-free, and maybe I'll break down some stuff at the end with a more spoiler, and I'll give you a warning. But uh, right off the get-go, Thor Love and Thunder, I will say I did not like it. I, if you were in the theater with me, you might not think I didn't. I, you think I might be uh, bullshitting right now. Because uh, well, Thor Love and Thunder ha- did the, the old internet joke of what uh, fat funny people can do where, oh, to, to uh, women. Or, you know, or the, her men, whatever, they, whatever floats your boat. But the idea of if you are funny enough 
that with the other, your partner, you can make them laugh so bad and they keep their eyes closed. Next, you know, boom, you're, you're in bed with them in that analogy of jokes. Uh, Thor, I will say Thor love and thunder is very funny. Uh, is it too funny for its own good? I could say so also. Is it also, uh, it does some contradicting of previous stuff. It all, it, it well, yeah, it does some definitely, so it has some very major contradictions in the other MCU movies. Like, I'm not even talking about, uh, this one is a slight spoiler, but also it's totally irrelevant because, hey, people fuck up. Like, they, uh, they switch Korg's. They they switch Korg's background of like uh, how his his race works. Like in the last one, it talks about like he uh, his mom and like his uh, mom's boyfriend. And then in this one, it talks about uh, he was born because he, he had two dads that went into a, a volcano and held hand like you know some uh, you know pregnancy thing for his race. I just think that was kind of odd that there was such a contradiction that you know people who like their feathers ruffled because of woke stuff were spotlighting that but i will give them at least hey you know he did he did switch it up for for some reason but uh i i keep terrible with this guy's name but uh watiti he uh i feel he wrote this script and I feel like I could have been the fly on the wall in his house and know at the moment in times what he was watching that gave him inspiration to write something for this movie. Uh, Character-wise, and we'll get to what I'm trying to explain right there. Character-wise, uh, Chris Hemsworth has always been greatest Thor. Uh, Jane Foster... Picking up the mantle of as the mighty Thor, and I will say for Nashville, it is very close to the move, the comic book esque of why she has got the mantle of the mighty Thor. There are some weird lenience, and they also kind of make it work for a movie. So I, I'm not. That's the parts that are not my problem, uh, which we'll get into a deeper spoiler thing at the end. Uh, Christian Bale's Gore, the God Butcher. Uh, the first two thirds of the movie, very well done. I feel the outcome and how he was written off. I did not enjoy when, but also I am also not comparing him to his comic book, uh, version because after the movie, I went and read the two arcs of with Gore, the God butcher. And you know what? He is definitely not uh, the most uh, written out bad guy more than what was displayed in the movie and that what they could be using for his powers without them opening up the can of worms, which are uh, symbiotes and venom. You know, the having characters of venom talked about way too early into this uh 
universe when they're still building something. They're trying to build something in Phase 4. And I'm saying that as a funny, not even a funny way. I know where they're going because of obviously I'm, you know, I read comics. I understand. I understand the route. And I even think, uh, I think they're going to do a little back step compared to some people's thinking they're going to do Seeker Wars 2. But that's another, I digress. But back to the Waititi uh, way of writing. There was a moment with Gore that in my head, I was like, oh, he watched it chapter one or two in this segment before he written this, this moment in for his movie. And am I saying it in a bad way? No, it doesn't give you a PG 13 feeling of like, Oh, he could be a real bad guy. Absolutely. If it, it, it definitely fits the bill of what, you know, I can explain, I can understand what he was trying to express, but then the, the writing felt rushed. I feel, uh, they were really cheering on that Thor love and thunder was a, like a basically a 90 minute movie. And honestly, it left so much on the table that like when us, as Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe watchers, I think we are accustomed. Like, I feel two hours is probably now our short end of the stick that we could have a very enjoyable t- movie and no one would bat an eyelash. That could be like our new 90 minute feature for the MCU and no one will be like, yep, that's perfect. Uh, I felt. And then when it said 90, a bad, and this is a, again, nope, I'm still making sure I'm not doing a, sli- a real spoilers. Uh, he wrote a lot of filler. There was a lot of moments where this movie reminded you what Thor has done in the MCU, which in my opinion, even if you are a newcomer to the MCU, I really truly think it's like, it's almost like MCU is almost like, uh, like <laughs> doing drugs where you might do this alone, but I bet you money. There's friends that have told you before you jumped into this, this spiral of a, a movie series. They're like, no oh, dude, you got to do it like this. And then you can really work it better than trying to do this on your own. You have to start an Iron Man one and. And, you know, march through 20 some odd movies, but you'll like it, man. You'll like it. And that feeling, in my opinion, should be how all MCU things people are giving it, you know, it, but it, I didn't need a reminder of what Thor did, especially when it was like, it talked about it, but also it talked about like, it talked about Infinity War and Endgame like more than it should in my head. And then uh, I would say, you know, the director, he he does a gr- he did do a great he is very funny. He is a very funny director. There were some there were some moments uh there are moments where especially he did the talks about Valhalla and like talking about like the, you know, he's, he read his research for 
Valhalla, but I don't think it felt like he did his research for the actual Marvel Universe. And I think he really did a phoned-in ending. There are some very beautiful visual scenes in this movie. And there are some moments where people... I feel the the fan base hyped this movie up by, you know, doing these stop the frame and circle up these Easter eggs for us before even the movie came out and got you all in this headspace of like, oh, what could happen? Because uh, the, especially the moment when you meet Zeus in his world, there's a lot more Easter eggs about like just the 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 gods of the MCU. And I'll leave it at that for spoiler-wise. But I was very disappointed in it. And in my opinion, I'm, I would put Love and Thunder right above Black Widow. So that's the second to the last of Phase 4 movies. And it technically would be of Phase 4, period. Because I think it, I think What If would be better than this. So obviously it's still at the bottom, too. Like Black, Black Widow and Thor Love and Thunder. And you know what? On some days, I could probably put Black Widow above fucking Thor. Because I feel it it felt not needed. And this is something from, you know, we have 20, we'll say 28 fucking IPs of this Marvel Universe. And the Thor, Love and Thunder just felt like it was, it felt like the most filler to almost, uh, how would I word it? I feel Thor Dark World, which is a very bad movie, but has more importance in the MCU than Thor Love and Thunder. And I feel during, uh, IGM put this up there, we are 55 hours of content into Phase 4, and they don't know where they're going. Granted, they're doing it as a person uh, who is probably who's not reading a book they wrote that title as. But, no, Thor did not do... Oh, uh, okay. I I will say, I think it'll, everyone who watches it should watch it on Disney+. Plus. I don't think you should go out and watch it in theaters. I don't think it uh, moves the needle for the MCU. It's a very funny movie. I can't... I cannot describe that more than enough. It's very funny. But at the same time, I don't need that much jokes if you're not going to give me the content or help push the needle of this story that we're looking for. All right. That was me for non-spoiler. Now we're going to go into a slight spoiler so I can feel a little bit more open of talking. All right. Last warning. Give me... I'm looking at the timer on my little screen. Uh, you can probably skip in for five minutes if you really wanted to skip. But three, two, one. All right. So there was beautiful moments with eternity. A lot of the fucking ending is contradicting things that could have been like, so, okay, Thor. So, you know, about this spot of eternity that you can go grant a wish all this time. So why are you looking for infinity stones? Especially after you found it, like, you know, that contradicted it. Thor at the end, uh, Takawatiti fucking wrote him that he could transfer 
and give all these Asgardian children the power of Thor by doing like a, you know, with his hand. Like do like almost like a sh- fucking Shazam. All right, guys, grab these, grab this debris, and then I'm just going to go hocus pocus. Y'all have the power of Thor to help fight with this for this ending. It felt very uh, poorly written at the end. And in my opinion, I feel putting Jane Foster. uh, Jane Foster fucking dies at the end. And uh, I think that's a bad move that it goes into like, why can't we have another movie of Jane Foster as Thor before this? Why couldn't we even get a, a all new, all different uh, with Thor or Jane Foster as Thor movie? At least to get like us to like her more than just be the the squeeze of Thor. Because that was another thing in this movie. They had a cat. I can't remember her name. The girl with the from uh, Two Broke Girls who's in Thor and also in WandaVision watching the show on at, with. Uh, outside the hex she just comes up and goes hey how's the chemo and then i'm i'm doing a quick small and now like metaphor metaphor on what she was kind of said but it felt like this she's like you know maybe uh you should talk to uh or maybe get some uh space viking dick like (laughs) what but yes it is very it felt rushed to get into the situation and felt rushed to get out of the situation. And that is not enjoyable in that, in my, in my opinion, I think it count, like I said, contradicts. And I think also, uh, the very last post-credit scene, this is why I don't like that. They did this yet is literally, Oh, Jane Foster dies in this movie. And then at the end, uh, she's at Valhalla. And we're just gonna we're just gonna skip the whole segment, and everyone on the internet is talking about this. So I'm gonna, I think there might be let her come back as Thor before this, but the comic books have it so that she knows she's supposed to die. They didn't say this in the movie that oh I know the reason why she keeps dying every time she removes herself from being Thor, because in the comic book it is a uh, Every time she turns into Thor, um, uh, Mjolnir, his power kind of eradicates the chemo. So obviously they go back. She goes back to square one each time she becomes Thor. They they do not say it in a nice, distinct way. She's they're just like we have no idea why she keeps, uh, getting worse. I think they should have just a little bit more upfront about it. But the the post credit scene, her at the steps of Valhalla, is technically in the comic book is is when she starts to switch to become a Valkyrie. And I don't think that's fair if they're if they go straight comic book style. I hope they just kind of do it as a way of like breaking down the one arc of Jane Foster as Thor that uh, maybe she gets like kind of like a trial at Valhalla and Odin goes, you know what? you're you're okay to be thor in my book maybe some asgardians don't agree on it but also it'd be kind of cool for that but also at the same time there's only been half a movie of her being jane foster thor 
I felt like if we had more movies, at least give it give the the viewers a better analogy of like, oh, she's earned her right to be Thor. This literally was like, hey, I'm sick. I'm gonna go to New Asgard and get the th- hammer. Hey, I'm it, and then oh, I died. It was like it it felt like you ruined a you wasted a character for no reason. And right now it looks like I got to my minute, but yeah, it it was horseshit. Okay, hopefully, if you did skip, welcome back. And uh, hopefully you can go see Thor Love and Thunder, or excuse me, I'll correct that. Wait till it comes on Disney Plus, and maybe where I will probably also watch a second watch, but I'm, I'll am i just get upset about it because it is just, it was kind of a letdown. It looked like it was going to be the best, th- or some of the best content coming out of phase four but it clearly wasn't and let's move on all right at this moment so i can also see a pause uh i have an interview and i was able to talk to this gentleman uh he goes by a uh, uh kaizen creed and him and his brother and his little they made a little team that have they're making a fighting game called five force fighters and i got i saw these guys on the black voice of gaming thing on ign i sent them a dm and it took them a little bit to reply but luckily the gentleman replied and i'll say hey he is a pretty cool dude and uh he kind of broke some news on here and i'm more so that people can hear it too uh, seems like the the game uh, on his on the Steam had it set up to be coming out in August, but it seems like they said he says it sounds like we're gonna have to pull it back and maybe go into next year to improve the polishing. Because also in the interview, which I think is kind of cool to hear, and you'll hear the the sigh of relief I did for him. Um, this game is also gonna have that rollback networking for a fighting game, so. Rollback Network is that uh is the online service for multiplayer that is is definitely the the hot bee's knees of uh the fighting world because it has the best networking. It's basically I'm trying to say for this game, Five Force Fighters, uh having the rollback thing at least gives them like you're open when you when the doors open, they're off running. It's not like they have themselves tied one hand behind their back because they're using an old network that's no one likes for online gaming. And also, um, they're still grinding. They're also going to Evo this year. And then that's really cool. This kid is 23 years old and his brother's 19. And it's just kind of amazing. They, he said he started this game, developing this game when he was 19. And then let's do the, like, you know, four years. You know, his brother was 15 when they started and he has been working with them. So it's kind of a wild situation, but yeah, uh, this is here. So enjoy the interview with five force fighters, uh, developer Kaizen Creed. All right. Thank you. Future cousin Cecil. Yep. It is. I I'm here with a pretty cool opportunity again, of uh, I'm here with a uh, Kaizen Creed, and he is a video game developer. And I was able to uh, kind of see his game through uh, 
luckily through IGN, shout out to them because they had the Black Voices in Gaming uh, special during that little, especially during the Summer Games Fest and all the, e, like, well, used to be E3, so more Key 3 stuff. <laughs> but no, I have uh, Kaizen Creed here to chat. I like to talk to him about his game Five Force Fighting, correct? Yes. Five Force Fighters, yeah. How are you this morning? Since I know you are in Portland, so obviously it is morning and it is the afternoon here for me. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of tired. Uh, got home kind of late last night, but you know I'm feeling good. I'm glad I'm here, and I'm excited to talk about Five Force Fighters and Kaizen Creed as a whole uh, with you. It's gonna be cool. All right, why don't you? Uh, why don't we start off really easy with like you know, give us the elevator pitch of and well, I give I'll also help in the sense of. Um, Let's talk about more about your studio in the sense first, because I'm going to walk it into the, because I think it's very interesting to see, because I'm pretty sure it's a small team. I think it's just uh, you and possibly your brother. Well, it started off that way. So it was me, my younger brother, and my friend, Bird Boy. Um, he's been friends with me since high school, I think a uh, sophomore year. And obviously I grew up with my little brother. So started off as a really small team, just us. And then only recently it got a little bit bigger because we were uh, blessed to get funding from Kickstarter and yes. also funding from, um, what is it? Be Black Funding Game. I think it's Black yeah. Game Fund. Yeah, yeah. It the, was really the cool. funding that the Black Voices in Gaming kind of also helps spotlight the stuff yeah. too. And, but I'm more interested also because uh, you're very young. In the sense of you are 23, I know. And yeah. I was like, you have a, it's your younger brother. I'm thinking, how young is, how old is he? <laughs> He's 19. So. He's 19 now because I was, I know, uh, again, been, uh, been really into your TikToks and all mm -hmm. your stuff. So I've been listening. I'm like, all right, you guys started this and um, you guys are doing a fighting game, a, two, yeah. a 2D fighting game, very old, like obviously classic um, in the sense of, more street fighter and also i have a feeling you guys probably more because of your ages you're probably more into the dv uh, uh you know dragon ball like uh, budokai series it's been definitely more of a pat on the back towards Tim yeah hat. yeah so we we grew up playing all all types of video games so like uh we spent a lot of time with yeah the budokai series like on the psp uh smash bros on the wii uh take it back to and because we had an interest in games in general because we didn't have consoles. So uh, we use emulators. Shh, don't tell anybody. Yeah, we were back in the day, we were kids. We were just like, oh, oh there's so many cool ways you can get these games, like Game Boy Advance games or SNES games, uh, GameCube games that we weren't able to get when we were uh, growing up. So we kind of just messed around on the internet and tried so many different types of fighting games. So we have a lot of experience with that. Did you guys always live on the West Coast or you guys moved there? Like, how, where's your guys' lifestyle as you and your brother in the sense of, because like you said, you didn't have a, you didn't have systems growing up, which is very interesting to hear in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, we're first generation born here in, really? in the States. So my parents are uh, originally, well, my family's originally from Nigeria. So they came over here for like education and things like that. So my dad went to school, went to college, so did my mom. And so it was kind of money was, has always been tight. Plus I have like nine siblings. So they, my parents weren't even a fan of games. So I, I, all this stuff that I was doing was like kind of secret and having video games was just like not cool with them. So they'd always get upset when they saw us playing video games. So 
Yeah. Well, I'm hoping the path you guys are on right now, and I've, uh, you know, everything's being kind of green lights are going, Kickstarter went good. You guys are doing a Patreon and all that stuff. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. your parents are like, "All right, you're not doing that bad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at first, you know, parents are always a little iffy, but yeah, they're. They, I think their tune has kind of changed. They're like, "Okay, we see you guys doing your thing. Um, just go back to school." <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Typical like immigrant fathers I've heard and parents yeah. in general yeah, they, saying like, all right, but you gotta get that school. Like, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So exactly. we've obviously uh, tiptoed around it, but five force fighting. Uh, can you give us like more of an elevator pitch of like, is there like a story to it? Is it just, you know what I mean? Please elaborate. Okay. For sure. Um, five force fighters. I'll just go over like the, you know, the mechanics or like the feel of the game first. So Five Force Fighter is a fast-paced 2D fighting game, hand-drawn animations with a diverse cast of characters, not just when it comes to their move sets, but also their ethnicities and where they come from. So we wanted to advertise or express that um, how how the world actually is um, and how we see the world is just like through a diverse lens. So the game has a lot of um, different ways you can interact with the combat. So we made it pretty freeform, directional inputs, um, a lot of systems that allow for um, fluidity and flexibility with the combat. And that was our main goal with it, is just to have this, you know, accessible game that can be really fun, but also deeply complicated because of the universal mechanics that are built within the game as well. Uh, yeah. I was more curious also for, uh, like, a, more of a layman's terms for, like, people who are maybe not into the fighting genre. Mm-hmm. Would you, uh, so... Would you say your guys is comp like you guys obviously have probably I'm assuming combos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it more towards like the more classical style, like a street fire where like you know you have to do like the Hadouken is everyone knows the Hadouken is obviously that control stick swing for yeah. and or is it into the more newer style with uh where is that one? Like the fancy blue where it's kind of gets a more simpler one in which Street Fighter Six is obviously picking up that control scheme too. I was just curious of like, has that been into your guys' thoughts too? Yeah, it, it has been. I didn't know at the time when I was developing the game that it was such a, a you know, a huge occurrence. Like that's something that people were into and wanted. Yeah. Back then it was just like, I was playing fighting games with my little brother. He would destroy me in all of them because the the inputs were so hard. So I was like, right. man, let's just make it easy so I could, you know, have a chance. But he's still better at five first fighters than me. But the thing is, now I have an opportunity to, you know, flex a little bit. But yeah, um, simple inputs, similar to, you know, the newer fighting games coming out. No, that's cool. That 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 definitely helps obviously keep the door open for newcomers. And uh, I uh, also would like to also give you guys, you know, credit where the you guys have said, obviously, it's a hand-drawn style of these characters that you get to play. And they're, mm-hmm. they're excellent looking. They look really cool. I think they also have their own style, like like you have, there's of course like a, a hand drawn similarity to like you know, but they like yeah, this is five force fighting. If I, if anyone had to like look at them, and I you know I can give you guys a tip of the hat to it. It's really cool. I really appreciate that. We spent a lot of time with uh, the animations, and we actually went back so to redo every single animation. We haven't put it in the game just yet, but we'll hopefully be able to reveal that at Evo this year. Uh, in, in the next month 
So we, we did a lot of the animations. Coco and Pebbles look a lot cleaner. Their animations are a lot smoother. And I'm really excited to you know, show that off because <clears throat> they look so good. I can't, it makes me excited every time I think about it. Hey, if anybody wants to, they, yes. Um, obviously, I'll have links in my in the in the podcast episode for the YouTube, like you know, trailers and stuff. But no, that's what caught my eye watching that presentation this this summer. Well, a couple like last month, and I was. It really looks really cool. What what made me want to have a talk with you is because, you know, some of these smaller teams. There's of course smaller teams doing these fighting things, but like people I've got to talk to. It's very interesting that you guys chose like a fighting game compared to like, like, oh, there's my first game. I'm going to try to do like a platformer. It seems like mm-hmm. with a, with uh, like a layman's term in the sense of, I feel, I think there's a lot more behind the curtains for a fighting game to look smooth and be kind of very easy mm-hmm. compared to like a platformer seems like it could be developed easier. I think you guys are like chose, like we're going to do a hard mode game compared to doing a more easier game no you're 100 right but as kids like i was 19 like it's weird that my brother's 19 now but when i was 19 i thought a fighting game would be easy to do we we both thought oh that's going to be the easy game to make but it's actually one of the hardest games to make because of the complexity that comes with you know the neutral game supers how how quick a move comes out the balance of a fighting game so it feels fair yeah it, it was hard. A platformer probably should have been our first game. <laughs> <laughs> is is that something that you guys like, you know what, if we went back, would you went to a different genre before the fighting game? No, no, no. I think it's cool that we, I think it's dope that we stuck with it. I think it, that speaks to our determination of course. and our drive and our love of fighting games and games in general is that we want to complete something. We want to make something hard that we loved. So, yeah. Without throwing you guys, because I do not know exactly what I'm going to, but I'm going to ask, I was going to ask you a question because as a developer, if you could help explain to like listeners of like, what is that draw to like your guys' networking of like the game to do online thing? Obviously, the big conversation when the new fighting game comes out, everyone goes like, like a little check mark. Yep, they're using the rollback network. Mm-hmm. Are like, I don't want to obviously throw you guys on if you guys are not, but like, are you guys? using rollback or is that is there another network that actually works better you know what i mean is there something to help explain why rollback is the the crown jewel right now for all fighting not just yours you know what i mean for all fighting games i guess the the reason the simple reason is that it allows for the player's inputs to kind of be recorded and then kind of roll it back you know so it can catch up in a sense with those frames so the, the the gameplay looks smoother and there isn't as much lag. So rollback is amazing for fighting games because inputs are super important in what you're putting in. And there's other even features like, um, I believe, like even how your menus or things like hit effects come on screen. So that's super important to pay attention to as well. So you're having that built in from the ground up with determinism um, allows for a smooth experience. And so, yeah, Five Force Fighters is now being developed with uh, rollback netcode and Ooh, thank god i was gonna yeah. I, I didn't want to i didn't want to put you on the spot if like you got you know it, hey shit happens you might have to use a different network because of obviously uh funding or whatever i don't know yeah i don't know if rollback networking is like a oh, we need money for that mm-hmm. idea but no i'm whew, thank god because i'm i'm more happy when i hear a game is on the best ground to start like the per, like you know the release Compared to like, yeah. oh yeah, we're backtracking. We have to go do this now. But no, who? I'm making, happy for uh, 
<laughs> you have to develop a fighting game from the ground up with rollback. If you don't, you're kind of screwed. So yeah, we kind of had to restart development after um, the Kickstarter because at the time I didn't know that. I didn't know rollback was such a huge thing. Going in this day and age, you can't really make a fighting game without rollback unless you're, you know, Capcom. <laughs> you know, because you have such a huge fan base, you can do whatever. But I know that they're gonna make it with rollback. Like Street Fighter Six would be made with rollback. Of course, I was all because. Um, is this your guys' first year going to like uh, Evo? Like you said, congrats, because that's that's awesome. Did he just? Yeah. So it is it's, your first year. This is our first year um, going to Evo, so that's gonna be really hype. Uh, we're hope, and we're gonna have a I think a little platform thing to show off the game. So hopefully a lot of people will be able to try it out and have some fun with it. Because I'm hoping, because of, I'm hoping you find a lot more positive communities compared to like you know how people always treat the internet or even how people say like fighting uh the fighting community can be it could be a flip of a coin and i think you guys could i think your game will definitely catch eyes you'll be like hey i actually i'll fuck with that because it's pretty cool yeah i hope so too uh if you then we'll get into also this like um where does the name five force fighting come from is it you know what what made you guys think of that Oh, that's crazy because there is literally nothing that went with it. So if you if I start breaking it down, like originally it was just like five force fighters. Let's make a game with five fighters with elemental powers. I didn't want to do that at first because Rivals of Ether was like a big thing at the time. And I was like, oh, they all have elemental abilities. Every game has elemental abilities. Da, 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 da. Um, I didn't want to do it. But then I was just like, whatever. It looks cool. We'll make the characters, you know, really dope in our own way. So that was the first idea. And then it kind of started getting into like deeper subjects of um, how the world worked. So like our character Blaine um, runs like this, the, the world, right, in a sense, like he has this political power over all the politicians in the world. Right. Okay. And so that's like a force in itself or like the force of family, like how you connect with one another in your own family, how you connect with friends, um, how you connect with your community. That's how we start, we start breaking it down. So in the sense that there's forces in the world that aren't just elemental, there's forces that come with connections and bonds with the people that you like and the people that you don't like. And so that's how we started breaking the game down with its story and its characters and the power system as well. That's pretty cool. No. And, uh, I'm assuming I could be making assumptions, but you guys have went past five characters. How many are on the roster? So there's eight right now. Okay. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, hopefully in the future we'll be able to drop DLC because I mean, between you and me and your audience, I guess, uh, we want to do it in a way similar to like smash bros, but kind of in reverse. So whenever like we'll have the characters of our future games in five force, whenever we get the chance to drop some DLC. So you'll be getting like a sneak peek to their game because we already have stuff planned for other characters in the future. No, so, hey, that's all, yeah. that's always good to have a, the roadmap ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, also, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. again, I don't want you to get in trouble if you, you're not supposed to say anything. Obviously, the, the plan is August 24th, it says on your Steam account for release, right? yeah it does um yeah we gotta change that <laughs> yeah not because it's like a bad thing but because just how development goes yeah 
you, I over like for me as a develop, developer, like you know, doing this myself, I over predicted at the time because I was like, when we were doing the Kickstarter, I was like, okay, maybe a year, we can get this done in a year. But with the vision and how we see the game now, and how what what we want to present to the the fan base and the people that are going to be enjoying the game, we want to pull out something way better looking than what we showed at um, our, on our Kickstarter. So it's going to be a little bit later than August, maybe probably the year after. You think next year you said? Yeah. Okay. No, just I was just curious because I, um, I was more leaning towards. Uh, I didn't want you to like miss like misannounce anything or maybe like I don't know if you have any deals yet. Like, I'm hoping it comes to console. I'm obviously more of a console player. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping you know it hits. I think, I think of course, Switch is definitely a really open door for you guys. I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially since uh other people that's been on that same platform the black voices in gaming have got the opportunity to put their stuff on in use and nintendo highlighted them on their own indie works and stuff so mm-hmm. i can definitely see five um five force fighters definitely um be pretty uh, like pretty shining on one of those like indie indie uh trailer so even the sizzle reel parts mm-hmm but I'm hoping it comes to PlayStation and then we can, I can, if you need help, I can tell you about trophies and achievements. No. <laughs> okay, definitely. Um, yeah, I've been looking, I've been looking into it a lot lately to get it on console. That's like our big goal. That's always been my goal. If I can get just even a case with my game, like in it, uh, hey. a physical copy, you guys, you got to talk to a limited run like Doug or something to help mm-hmm. you with that part. But yeah, uh, or I am eight bit because I think they do some stuff with the more smaller people. I think they do too. But uh, but no. So obviously, this is you guys' big passion growing up, gaming, yeah. even through parental saying <laughs> no's and uh, <laughs> technically um, emulators. You've been uh, you've been really into passion. Uh, what is uh what's other genres that you and your brother really in- enjoy growing up? I mean, I love RPGs. Like you'll catch me playing like tactical RPGs. I play a lot of Legend of Zelda. Uh, that's like my favorite fan- franchise when it comes to, like Nintendo stuff. Uh, I recently kind of am into like not I haven't played Elden Ring, but I was playing Sekiro, so like the Dark Soul series. That that one was really fun because of the challenge, man. That, it beat my ass. I can't lie, but it was such a great game. What other games? I only first person shooter I really ever played was Halo, and I really enjoyed it. Like Halo Reach, that was oh, so yeah? fun. Yeah, me and my friend um, in high school would always go uh, back to his place after school and just play the game for like a couple hours, and then we beat the campaign and everything like that. You, um, I have more of a question. This is more about your age. Yeah, are you a Sonic fan? Me personally, a Sonic fan. I have a, I have like a mixed feeling about Sonic. I can't lie. Um, when I was growing up, I'd watch the TV show and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, kind of kind of boring. When this I was is, watching, I was like, I'm doing it as an investigation because I'm trying to figure out where. Like, obviously, I'm I'm 32, mm-hmm. so I have obviously grew up with like the actual like the Genesis games. Yeah, there, there's a there's a weird moment where your age is in this weird target like yeah i'm a sonic fan and i don't know why besides the idea of like either the like you said the, the tv show and then they they those gamecube ones must have hit really good you yeah maybe <laughs> I, was I, mean, to, 
I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to catch another person <laughs> to be another Sonic fan. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> I don't know. I think my I think my little brother likes Sonic more than I do, but I, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with Sonic because his games, some of his games are cool. Like Sonic, I think Rush or Colors was really cool. And Generations was fun, but everything else I haven't really had good, a good time with. You have your own. Anyway. You have your own systems now. I'm hoping. That yeah, yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> Got some. You got a PS4, PS5, a Wii, GameCube. Got all, you know, all of it. Okay. Woo. After you know, uh, over the years. Uh, but back to your obviously your game. So, what would uh, what is the goal with with your uh with Five Force Fire? Just getting get your foot in, and then maybe you know set up the groundwork for a fan base. Of course, I'm assuming. Yeah, I really want Five Force Fighters to be like impactful, influential. I want it to actually form a fan base where we can actually maybe do more with it, more with it, like maybe a comic book series. You know, might be going over the top saying a TV show, but anything's possible. You know, I just want the most success that we can have with this IP because I feel like the characters are interesting, the combat and um, the power systems are cool. So I think a lot of people. Uh, especially in my demographic, you know, being black or African-American or African in general, we'll see a lot in this game and be like, yeah, this is really dope. I want to see more. I guess also I have another question involving, I guess, in that, that area, obviously you were fortunate. We got through like, you know, the black voice in gaming, which obviously involves the funding, that foundation of funding. Have you had any, have you had any trouble finding work in the gaming world before like i'm going to just do my own thing it's always been it's kind of always been i'm going to do my own thing okay Um, the reason for that is is i feel like in a selfish way that my ideas are great you know hey and i want to spend as much time with them as possible you know and develop them and create whatever i can create and not really put it towards anybody else's ideas right now i think that's like where i want to be at in my current age and develop like in, in a sense, uh, Kaizen Creed Empire. <laughs> so we have like a fan base of our characters and things like that, like a Nintendo, um, but for us. So I think that'd be really cool. How much also has TikTok helped with the uh, Kaizen Creed brand growing? Because also I believe you're around like the 17,000 fan, like, you know, followers on TikTok, I believe. Yeah, we're, I think we're, we're pretty up there. Yeah. I think it's helped out a lot. Um, TikTok has a weird algorithm. I don't really know how it works. I know but, you're only. I think your only competition right now is that goddamn uh, Top Gun or whatever that damn uh, <laughs> that damn game that everyone is adding or doing ads for right now. I'm like, sheesh. Wait, is it the one with the the toys? It's with no. no oh, that's the other one too. But this one is actual like a real like. All right, guys, I hear you. I'm gonna play. Uh, it involves the blue soldier team. You are and you, uh, oh, red soldiers. Yeah, they're advertising heavy. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> I heavy. see it everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, TikTok's super, super powerful. Like sometimes your videos might just do go crazy, you know. And then sometimes you might have some off days, but most of the time, your fan base is really interested. And like, I always see them come back to like, man, I love this. I every time I see it, I get excited. I'm so glad this came on my for you page. Things like that. So the support on TikTok is kind of crazy. And I think it's because they're a younger audience. Oh, I, it's definitely your age range and also younger and all that stuff. But no, I'm I'm more, I am looking forward to it. I'm also, I'm more happy to hear 
uh, how would I word it, without putting anybody out on blast. You know, like the conversation, that question I asked about, like, if you had any rough or troubling experiences, because the other gentleman I've had, like, you know, he was, he seemed uh, jaded, but also because he's had a rough time getting into the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying I'm more happy to see that you're kind of like, I'm going to try me first and then, you know, can go in. Cause also like I could, you know, what's, if you have this under your belt, I bet money will help get you into other spots and also help. So you can develop. It's like uh swords, sharpening sh- swords, you mm-hmm. have something they can teach you, you know, vice versa. And you can go back into Kaizen Creed universe and set yeah. that baby up too. But uh, no, uh, so is there any right now you could do like a story plotline pitch, like just the elevator pitch of like, what is uh Coco? I think it's right. Coco is the lead yeah. one. What is Coco is like, what is the protagonist to him or antagonist to him? And like, you know, what's this story? What okay. is happening in the world of five force? Okay. So I, I should have planned something. I haven't planned anything about the, the story. Like how did it, explain it before but let me do my best so coco and pebbles are from a neighborhood right so okay. after a while the the neighborhood kind of gets like gentrified like there's gentrification so they have to move with their um their mom and so they end up going to the city called Newport vegas which has like this opportunity where you don't have to pay for rent electricity or anything like that so it seems like a nice opportunity just to live there yada 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 right. um but the catch is that you have to donate blood um periodically for um just the mayor's research right and the mayor is this guy named ken songer and he's the main villain of the game so eventually what happens is that coco and pebbles don't ever they never give blood because they didn't know that their mom has been donating extra to make sure that they don't have to and so she ends up passing away and then they start actually seeing uncovering like what's really going on in the city and they end up growing this extreme like emotion of hatred towards Ken Sangre and the new core Vegas city as a whole. And because of that, uh, this connection towards Ken and the bloodless, which is, his, which is his group is called, um, they end up getting the five force powers, like individually, like Coco gets electricity, Pebbles gets wind, and they end up co- uh, connecting with the other three, uh, protagonists of five force fighters. And they end up, uh, Take backtracking to Core Vegas and fighting Ken and his group of villains. It goes a little bit deeper than that because we have three other protagonists. No, hey, yeah, I just that that right there is probably the perfect elevator pitch. Write that down. You can just do it for every <laughs> other time you had to ever have the question. That that's pretty good. Okay, definitely. Um, and also, I guess more. I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you three more questions, and we'll get out of here. In the sense okay. of, give me your top three fighting games top three fighting games the smash bros count if you if you feel yes okay smash smash bros um another one would be i had fun with the newest tech and i think it's Tekken six seven and yes take seven okay my bad and i think uh third strike i just love the art style the fluidity of the animations is spectacular yeah. all right and then also um is there, I'll even do this too, because it help with this side. Is there any uh, movies that inspired fire, uh, you know, five force fires? 
That's crazy. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, movies. I don't know, like maybe like you guys, like you and your brother, like got to watch like the raid, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know what? There's some fighting in there that inspire me to like. I'm gonna put this into pebbles or, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't say. I mean, if I was gonna go over a compilation of movies that I just watched in my life that probably influenced Five Force Fighters, I think I'd say maybe um, Drunken Master, and then Jackie Chan. Um, I guess it'd be a lot of like maybe the Transformers. Hey, uh, no, that Marvel it, movies in general. <laughs> yeah, uh, what is it? This is your truth. I'm here just to listen to it, and then I'm glad. No, and uh, you're doing really well for you know, probably waking up and having to come here do questionnaires right off the <laughs> And then also because you've been we've been tiptoeing it. It sounds like comics. Mm-hmm. What? What is? Give me what's your top three comic books. Top three comic books. That's crazy. Of, ser- of series, not obviously, not like yeah. I need okay. uh, Superman one fifty eight or something like that. <laughs> a series. I mean, uh, Spider Man's up there. Black Panther. Who's I got it? Somebody who Spider Man, Black Panther. I gotta say Batman. Batman's so interesting. This stuff's crazy. Do you know Blue Beetle? Oh, sh- there's so Ooh. many. No, I hey, love- uh, do you have uh, any certain writer? For Black Panther and or Batman, I necessarily don't. I'm not even like I just read stuff and pick it up. I never really look at who made it, which is unfortunate. But I just read a lot of stuff when I get the chance. You will watch your own stuff out. Me, oh buddy, uh, I read a lot. But um, yeah. I, um, just for timing wise, I have uh, right now. I've been I like DC general majority, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of indie stuff right now that is really cool and i'll show you one real quick okay uh, this one right right here um this is a obviously a graded version but this is called black cotton number one okay and it's a indie one and basically long story short it's a uh what if the universe was reverse where whites were minorities in america and uh black people were the majority yeah and it the, the first it series, because they're about to start volume two. Mm-hmm. Volume one basically involves uh, what happens if, uh, you know, basically a black cop kills a white guy and it just yeah. is a role reversal. And like the, the, the cops, part of the most richest family of the world of this of the nation is it's mm-hmm. of the cottons. And it's it's really well done. And uh, Brian Hawkins is the writer. And he's a uh, he's been on here and he's a pretty cool dude. Awesome. That's dope. But uh. But yes, while we have this little bit of time, uh, is there any final thoughts you want to give of five? Um, I'm having real five force fighters, mm-hmm. and also then of course give everybody your uh, your plugs of all your social medias, and we can you know get you out of here. Yeah, I guess like the last things I can say about five force fighters is that if you can't already tell from like the age that I started that this is like a passion project. This is something that we love and that we want to get out to you in like a reasonable time, but also pour as much quality as we can into the game. Uh, There's a lot of love going into it. So I want to make sure that we're able to produce and polish this to where it's the best product that we can uh, drop out there. 
Um, I guess also, you know, to help you guys are not doing this full time. Like, is this still a part time thing with you guys? You guys are still have like a nine to five. Yeah, yeah, still have a nine to five. You know, we're still working. Yeah, give, <laughs> give, give the guys some slack. You guys are working and doing this on the side. Yeah. So <laughs> so if you want to help, give them some Patreon money and maybe they can take off the, the full time part of the job and make this real focused. Yeah. I mean, that would be <laughs> awesome if you got that type of support. But yeah, we do have a Patreon and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kaizen Creed. And we also, also have a YouTube channel, which isn't too crazy right now, but we'll be posting on there soon. Well, there you have it. And also, I guess while I still have a little bit of time, is there anything, is there anything nice you want to say to your brother without him knowing? about him uh, working on this working on this with you yeah uh, i just want to say yo bro you're stink. Actually, no <laughs> you're, you're really smelly um no but you've been killing it throughout these years uh the determination and the skill that you put in the dedication has been excellent i didn't i started at 19 you're 19 now and it's super impressive that you were able to keep up with my my antics and what i wanted my demands Oh, so thank you for being so uh, supportive and strong throughout this process. There you go. I'm like, he's going to come and listen to it. Yes. No, I'm just more happy to say that for him. But yeah. No. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Kaizen Creed. Hopefully you have a good day and hopefully I didn't, obviously you got a pretty good time to have a little shake off before you go into another meeting. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. Uh, for, yeah. So for, or, you know, past cousin Cecil, we're going to take it back to you, future Cousin Cecil. You guys Thank have you for a, having me. Uh, be good to each other. And <laughs> peace. Peace. Well, thank you, past Mike, for that lovely interview. All right. That's, uh, that was really nice. And I'm going to let's do some fire, just some fireaways. Maybe if I have some thoughts, I might have some thoughts. But, uh. Some of the news that I missed out on since obviously I'm few and far between of being on this goddamn show. Uh, back when the E3, well, the Summer Games Fest shit was going on, I think we missed out on talking about uh, the Square Enix one, which was the Final Fantasy VII 25 anniversary little stream, where they confirmed uh, a little bit of a leaker. Uh, Crisis Core. Uh, remastered is coming. It will be coming out. I want this fall or this winter. Yep. That's the words I'm going to say. It will be coming to all three platforms. It is going to be aiming for 60 frames per second for console, 120 on PC. Uh, it definitely looks like it uses uh, the more Final Fantasy remakes battle system. And then another thing they announced, of course, is part two of this trilogy of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is part two of this series. I believe Reunion is the third segment. But Rebirth is starts off right where it ended. It looks like it's kind of, a, they show a little bit of a segment where Cloud is walking through like um, a mountain forest area with Sithroth. Which look very interesting. And then that one is aiming for 2023's winter. So this winter is Crisis Core, which is technically, I believe, this Crisis Core is connected to the original series. But this is the first time it's coming off of the PSP in a new revamp thing. 
And then another Final Fantasy news coming up after that week was Final Fantasy 16's director kind of announced uh, Final Fantasy 16 is not open world, it's open zone. And I love that. I just want to say that out front because I think that's great. That means I I like the idea of, hey, here's nice, a big giant world that uh, has a great action scene, story develops right there, bing, bang, boom, we're out. We're going back to the castle or some shit. And then uh, some other things. Uh, Nintendo Direct had a mini Direct, and long story short, it was kind of more third-party stuff and also some of the crown jewels on it they were showing was like DLC for their Monster Hunter, which is Sunbreak, and then um, the Persona, Persona Royale, Persona Golden, Four Golden, and Persona Three Portable are coming to the Switch as well. So obviously, uh, like Xbox's thing, that those three games are coming to all consoles. Royale for the Switch, without me remembering if it said anything for PS4 or you know PS4 and Xbox different, or excuse me, PS5 and Xbox different. The Switch one seems like Royale is going to come first. And then Golden and Portable will come at later dates down the road for the Switch. For those are some of the more things to talk about. And then uh, two things with Blizzard, the shitheads. One of them, Activision, well, Activision Blizzard. Activision did a, <laughs> they analyzed them, their, their internal themselves and revealed they had no evidence of anything shitty about them. So it's like, you know, when cops look at themselves like, I'm fine. And then the more important, not important, but Blizzard bought uh, Spellbreak, that that uh, Wizard Battle Royale studio for WoW. They're going to use them as WoW fodder to help keep collecting that. Uh, kind of another thing about old games. One is Sucker Punch. They they kind of just more set it out there because of a either ten days ago. They said they're going to do some little bit of tweaking and, you know, some improvements on the networking of the servers for Infamous 2 creative map shit. You know, they just want to say, hey, we're doing this, but that does not mean we are working on there is no king or we are not working to make any Infamous or Sly Cooper games. So, yeah, just more to put it out there. And then Rockstar basically has stopped all their ideas that is not Grand Theft Auto 6. They basically said they were they were working on like a remaster of 4, Red Redemption 1 to come to PC and, you know, remaster. Re, yeah, remaster. And they were also trying to work on Red Redemption Red Dead Redemption 2 to get like a PS5 quality port. They put them all on the back shelf for how rough that trilogy pack came out. And then Two places things will end it on. Obviously, the uh, one, the biggest one is last last week. God of War Ragnarok is officially announced that it's coming November 9th. If I was them, I would have just done the eleven eleven and put a bump a middle finger to the Xbox just because I'm petty. Uh but eleven nine. Uh. Apparently, also heard there's some Viking war with the November 9th, but I digress on that one. Uh, but they announced announced that, and they also announced the two collector's editions 
of the these big giant boxes of the ones that are they're all in like those cab that wisdom of ca- that cabinet of wisdom shit that was in the first game and uh the only difference is without knowing price because uh this friday is when the 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 collector's editions and the Jotheim edition gets uh like pre-orders available which i'm going to go to gamestop to do this this friday but uh the the collector's edition is the mid tier the the middle one and you you get thor's hammer a 16 inch replica of thor's hammer the more uh viking i keep saying that but uh yeah viking lore version of thor's hammer not marvel's thor uh you get a uh a wooden dice 12 you know uh D- dungeon and dragon style dice set you also get a couple of dwarven uh figures that go that complete the set of the dwarven figures from the first game and then in the Jortheim one you get the same the, all that same shit except your the the dice that are in that one are silver and cuz they are bjork's dice probably part of the story lore and you also get a cloth mat uh a cloth map not mat m a p map of uh you know the 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 and then both of them come with a steel book case with no disc and a code that has like the digital deluxe version so you get all the d l c that they've been announced already for uh armor sets for him for Kratos and atreus and uh yeah. I'm I'm looking for that Jorheim one because I think the I like the dice set of that silver like it almost looks like a metalish stone for Bjork's dice dice looks kind of cool and I also like that hammer and um and also the the Jorheim one comes with a seven inch vinyl of uh you know music uh I think it's awesome they finally put that up there. And with that, also, your uh, God of War uh, Forspoken did a strategic delay and moved it to January, they said. Uh, a couple things, because before I learned it was a strategic one, I'm like, you know what Square Enix does? If they need a delay, it's probably for the best. They usually try their best to make it a little bit more as polished as it can. So keep it going. But it clearly sounds like Square Enix made it, but also Sony's paying the bill. So Sony goes, hey. We got, we got all, we have fall and winter. You get the new year. We got Last of Us Part One in September, then God of War November. You guys are January, so we got three exclusives for in the next six months of one every other every two months. So that's really good to hear. Uh but yeah, and then. What happened today, uh, Sony announced that they acquired that new studio Haven that is the one that has that, uh, I think her name's Jade, but uh, she used to work on Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft stuff, but they acquired the, the, the company, the studio, they're just going to buy it, and their game is working on some cloud-based gaming System, I, I'm not 100% sure exactly everything. I didn't read any news about it besides that. Congratulations to the teams. If they were re- they were happy to be acquired, 
Um, looking forward to it, but also in my same time when I hear cloud gaming like that, I'm like, okay, I'll, we'll see you in 2027. But yeah, uh, I guess some things more, just the more like talk about gaming like that. Uh, some things in the pipeline I wish I can get into is I'm, I'm really trying to get into, I want to get the new Cuphead DLC. Um, while I'm at GameStop this Friday, I'm going to see if they still have anything available for the Callisto Protocol uh, exclusive GameStop collector's editions. I just want to see if they have, if I'm available to still pre-order that. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, thank you guys for dealing with my schedule, rocking out whenever I put these up. I Hopefully you guys enjoy this more... Eh, I guess I didn't go that far because obviously that's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the interview. Uh, please, you know, on uh, Steam, even just add to your wish list. You know those help, those uh, developers like that. And hopefully, fingers crossed, and they're, 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 that's their goal. They have no, uh, they have no uh, what is it, a uh, publishing team yet. So him saying he's really trying to get on console. He probably is really trying on console. It's not like that uh, never yield Ariel Knights where he couldn't, he wasn't allowed to say it because obviously they're going to announce it in in due time. So they're obviously the goal is to be on everywhere with them, and hopefully, um, you guys try it out down the road. Obviously, it'll be probably next year, but yeah, thank you for guys for enjoying that. And this week's hot picks, uh, for movies and TV. I will say the Northman. More Viking stuff, huh? That's kind of funny. But it's on Peacock. You can watch it for free. Well, if you have premium, you can watch it on Peacock. And then for comics, uh, looking really quick at, uh, we'll go Behemoth. They have Space Lady 1. Uh, Boom Studios has this one called Flavor Girls 1 of 3. Uh, keep it going. DC. Let's see if they have any number ones. Just uh, one shot with the dark crisis that's going on. World without a Justice League. Superman number one. Uh, oh, that's kind of neat. Uh, DC versus Vampires Coffin Edition number one. So probably just a special reissue of the first one. Uh. Keep it moving. Keep it learning. Learn, learn, look, look, look. Sorry for the pregnant pause. I'm just more scrolling to make sure I uh, image. Let's see. Above Snakes, number one. Impact Winter, number one, which is a one shot. Uh, Marvel. Axe. Eve of Judgment, which I feel that. Oh, Axe, which is. Avengers X-Men of uh, Eternals Eve of Judgment. So this is like uh what is it? It's like the the issue 0 of the 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 event that's going to happen of Judgment Day. Daredevil number 1. There's a new Daredevil number 1 coming out this week. Uh Leap, nope, that's uh where is it? I saw it earlier. The Hellfire Gala, number one, X-Men Hellfire Gala, number one, it comes out. And then 
Scout Comics, Mullet Cop, The Flavor of Danger, number one, a one-shot. Volt, there's number one. Oh, Barbaric, volume two. So, but it's called Barbaric, The Harvest Blade, number one, comes out. And that will do it on that. And then for music, uh, Steppers by Yo Gotti, Moneybag Yo, and 42 Doug. And then, uh, well, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please like. Well, not like like that. Uh, share with a friend. Also, sounds dumb. Uh, tell me if you have any trouble finding this because I am switching uh, hosts. I'm switching from Podbean to Anchor. I just want to make sure everything goes smooth. But like I say, every time I'm on a show, hey, be good to each other. And I'll catch you next time. Peace.